This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Hello, good evening and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on Casey Laura and John Purcell. And I'll be with you until 7 o'clock this evening. A big thanks to Colin Ahern, who filled in for me last week on the programme. It's good to be back and a big thanks to you, Colin. Great news locally for the hospitality scene and the Irish Restaurant Awards uh, Awards picked up by the uh, a range of outlets locally Le, Re, Lady Anne Restaurant in Castle Comer, Lady Helen at Mount Juliet, Arroy, The Cutting Veg Restaurante, Rinuccini Café La Coco, Goatsbridge Trout Farm and Clashgany House well done to all the businesses and individuals who did so well there at those prestige awards this evening on the programme in an environment where a recent survey by retail group RG Data found that 95% of retails have been victims of crime over the last 12 months. We'll be joined by Colin Hayes, UK and Ireland Managing Director of local company Netwatch to hear about a new system they've launched to protect retailers and other public facing staff. Simon O'Dwyer of 360 will join us in studio to give us the latest on his company and the latest on his journey from office to home working to hybrid, a journey which many in business are still wondering which route to take. And Irish retail pioneer Rachel Doyle will be joining us to tell us why it's a great idea to have plants in an office or business. She'll also tell us about how Arboretum's third outlet, Urban, is performing and she'll give us a sneak preview of, wait for it, her soon-to-be-published book. All that between now and seven o'clock. But first joining me in the studio is Colin Duggan, President of County Carlow Chamber of Commerce and General Manager of the Woodford Dolman Hotel. Colin, you're very welcome to the studio. Thanks, John. Great to be here. Yeah, and uh, just thinking back, it's largely been on the phone uh, I've talked to you in your uh, sojourn as president of Carlo Chamber. Three years. Three years, and uh, to be honest... What a three years. It's flown. It yeah. really has. Uh, going back to those uh, the, the, the early days uh, where we were in the middle of COVID and everything was online. Everything, uh, we, we were meeting uh, uh, via Zoom and you know those the people asking turn on the microphone on the Zoom call. All those things were happening. Yeah, and and seventy six years for Carlow uh, Chamber of Commerce, but you're the first and only pandemic president, I would imagine. Definitely the first elected on a Zoom AGM. Yes, definitely. First, first for a lot of things. I, I, I think I'm probably the first to actually have a three year term as well. Yeah. Um, but it has been a fantastic honour to represent Carlo as president of Carlo Chamber. And it's only when you're in that position, you actually see how important our chamber is mm. and how vibrant it is to the community itself. Yeah, we might come back to, to your, your reflections on your time as president, but you are, of course, the general manager of the Woodford Dolman Hotel. How's hospitality and tourism going? I, I, I was kind of making a meal out of uh, the local winners in the Irish Restaurant Awards, but many of them big names in the hospitality scene. How is actual business going? I think I think business is quite strong in a lot of, of, of hospitality. The challenge in hospitality is twofold: the costs are rising with uh, with wage costs, and more importantly, with uh, the input costs mm, um, and energy 
energy still Absolutely. very high. You know, so they're the they're the they're the real challenges in our hospitality. What about uh, energy costs? I mean, I came across a business recently who hadn't been finding energy costs too uh, high, but then came off a contract they were on and they got an eye watering bill. Is that kind of stuff still cropping up? You're hearing a lot of that as people are m- moving off their contract. The only thing is that that in the last three months we have seen it ratcheting back and, and actually lowering those costs, uh, uh, but it's still will be uh, at least another six months before we will see real change in, in that market. Um, and I would hope that we would actually see that knock-on effect also in, in, in the supply chain. Because mm. that, that's the hidden cost that we're seeing. Uh, the, the, the box of tomatoes, uh, the, the cost of that has that additional uh, utility cost added onto it. Yeah, and all of that, of course, suppressing consumer demand. But uh, I'm looking at AIB data, which shows that hospitality spend jumped in April while overall spend was flat. The the bank holidays and Easter probably contributed to that in, in hospitality. Would that be a fair point? Absolutely. You know, and, and we always find that the one of those three bank holidays is going to be flat. Really? Year and year, year, you're always going to have it. And do you ever know which one it's going to be? No, never. And I'm sure it's the relationship, the distance between each one because of the Easter changing, uh, that date. Um, So if if... if it's Easter's closer to St. Patrick's Day, you'll see that the May Bank holiday will be the flat one. You'll have to get artificial intelligence onto the case or something like that, because it's amazing the imponderables that still can't be um, kind of figured out, like something like that. It's true. Yeah, yeah. And, and every every bank holiday, we, we, we just look into that crystal, crystal ball and hopefully we're going to get it right with our staffing and, and, and uh, uh, purchasing. You know? Yeah, staying on hospitality, big news um, on the uh, with the sale of a hotel. Now, a sale of a hotel in Kenmare wouldn't normally really uh, make the news, but it's causing ripples in the hospitality business. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, Francis Brennan and his brother John have uh, put a park nacilla on the market. Um, Park Nacilla is probably... Or one the of, Park Hotel, is it? Or Park Hotel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that that's probably one of uh, the premium uh, hotels in, uh, in Kerry. Yeah, and people will know them uh, from the TV series The Name Escapes Me at the moment. Text in if you know it. Uh, it's the <laughs> Yeah, you got me now. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but the, the, the two of them have done a fantastic job uh, looking at Irish hospitality and, and, and helping them along the way. Yeah, it's to the TV touching. show where they go around and they look at a, a somewhat ailing business and they give it uh, an injection, they put in new curtains, get the toilet paper face in the right direction, have a bit of a launch. That's a bit flippant towards it, but they help people to kind of but, but pu- give themselves a refresh. So, totally. What, what Francis does is what, what most hoteliers do is, is look at the small things and and those 1%, so those one, uh, additional 1% throughout that business. That's interesting. The, Tell us that then. Yeah. So, to, make that so like, you know, how you how you present the, the loo roll in the, in the bathroom, all of that stuff. So you just have a real eye for detail. Absolutely. And and that, that's what Francis really has uh, and, and John. Uh, and uh, the, it, it's probably 
that first look they take at any business is is about what's missing. And then they they look at small things which will make that better. And it's those little things and those little things grouping together will actually make the the big difference to that business. Yeah, they'll be missed on the uh, hospitality scene, I would imagine, because they're they're great ambassadors for the profession of hotelier, I I presume. Totally, yeah. John himself is going to continue with his own hotel. um, But I'm sure Francis will continue uh, with uh, the show. And also he's he's got a a couple of lines with uh, uh, Dunn's and uh, his other promotional... Uh, pieces, his book as well. Uh, he's, he's, he's a prolific uh, writer uh, of, of books over the last couple of years. So I, I, I don't think we're going to see Jan, uh, Francis retired, definitely. Yeah. Coming back, uh, Colin, to your own time, um, you're coming to an end uh, of your three-year term now as president of Carlo Chamber of Commerce. Um, what have the highlights and the lowlights been, I suppose? I suppose the, the, the lowlights probably were those days when we were uh, trying to communicate uh, a positive message uh, during COVID, when, to be honest, we didn't know ex- uh, uh, where this boat was travelling. And I suppose the best analogy I heard uh, in that time was uh, that businesses were, were, were at sea. And every so often, uh, the government boat would come alongside and say, if you keep sailing this direction... You're going, you're going the right way. Mm. And, and hopefully, eventually, we'll reach port. It's extraordinary to look back, really, isn't it? Because I remember ringing people in business, wanting them to come on um, and saying, like, we need to get the business community together and give out a positive message. And I remember somebody saying to me, can you ring me back in maybe a couple of weeks because I can't see the positive in this experience. But it's amazing how we got through it, isn't it? And how businesses got through it. If you go back two years ago, like people forget hotels were actually closed. Yeah, I I, I think the resilience in the industry was fantastic. But but also people's uh, ability to change and make decisions quickly and reconfigure their businesses uh, just to keep that connection to their customer. I thought that was, that it was brilliant, whether it was, they were doing takeaway or they were just tre- simply contacting their, their staff members and trying to get them as, uh, to continue as part of a community, even though they weren't working together. At the You'll time. sometimes hear the, the phrase, never waste a good crisis. Do you think uh, the hospitality business has learned and business in general has learned from COVID lessons that they're continuing on? Outdoor dining, for example, like we never <laughs> dined as much outdoors as yeah. we did before. I think people used to always wait for July and August. Yeah, alfresco dining is is is, is something that that uh, I I I know that that a lot of businesses invest a lot of money in uh, now, but they're seeing uh, uh, that reward come home. Um, I, I I think one of the the, the best things that has has come from from COVID is is exactly that companies and and hotels specifically. Uh, they they found a way to reopen their businesses. There was no playbook to to reopen a closed hotel or closed hospitality industry, mm. but they actually did, did come together. And, and as a group, uh, hospitality in Fulcher, Ireland, IHF, uh, and the hotel networks, uh, the local networks, came together and they got a plan together to restart hotels. Beyond COVID, because business is more than COVID in the last three years, believe it or not, has been more than just COVID as well. What what do you see as the big opportunities and the big challenges? And, the you know, business people tend to focus more on the opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I, 
if I take Carlo uh, as an example, I, I think Carlo is is thriving. Uh, the the new status as, as a university uh, town is is wonderful. The investment of twenty three million uh, in the twenty forty plan to reinvigorate the town centre that's going to be spectacular. What worries me going forward is the lack of housing for those new, those people coming uh, to Carlo. Uh, to 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 join these companies that are expanding MSD, Unum, uh, Burnside, Autolaunch, they're all thriving, all looking for new staff. But where are they going to stay? Mm, and huge. that's the challenge going forward. Yeah, uh, especially in a market where where we're now talking about uh, only four uh, percent uh, uh, of unemployment. Tell me, um, a big challenge facing us all, of course, is the climate crisis. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you do you feel business has gone in the right direction? Um, I, I think businesses need to to start to to get on the on this wagon faster than they are. Um, Covid but, uh, kind of knocked a lot of people it, off, I gather. It did, uh, and, and and also the, the, there's a huge investment required to actually uh, put be put in place. But I think the government needs to take a bigger part in this place. I know the SDI provides some grant support, but we're talking about hundreds of thousands. Uh, if I take a hotel an example, I'm talking about a half million to actually to get to that do space for, to do, for yeah. full sustainability. Yeah. Well, listen, Colin, it's been a pleasure having you in uh, today, but also a pleasure dealing with you in your term as uh, President of Carlo Chamber of Commerce. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your contribution. Uh, best of luck and enjoy the downtime, presumably. Yeah, I, I look forward to it, but I, I also look forward to, to actually supporting uh, R- uh, Rowena Dooley in her position as uh, as President, but also Carlo Chamber going forward because mm-hmm. it is a very strong chamber and great people to work with. Well, Colin, thanks for joining us. Uh, that's Colin uh, Duggan, there, President of County Carlow Chamber. Uh, you're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business. It's just 21 minutes after six o'clock. We're going to take a break and we're going to be back talking to Rachel Doyle, founder of the Arboretum and also recognised as one of the pioneers in Irish retailing. Don't go away. This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Casey Lauren, indeed, you're listening to The Bottom Line. It's just coming up to 23 minutes after 6 o'clock. The Bottom Line with you until 7 o'clock. The programme for and about business and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Rachel Doyle. I described her as a retail pioneer. That's not just me saying that, Rachel. You've been recognised um, by Retail Excellence Ireland and many, many other places for your fine uh, retail outlets. Many would have thought Lachlan Bridge was an unlikely spot for pioneering retail but you've proved them all wrong yeah well, yes um, uh, lovely to talk to you john yeah i suppose arboretum in lachlan bridge has now become a place that during covid and i was listening to colin colin duggan and yourself talking about covid during covid we supplied online to the 32 counties in ireland Armagh was the least and Donegal was 14th and Dublin was the best. Wow. So it was, it's just amazing how, you know, you know, um, just back to the conversation Colin and yourself was having, you know, how, uh, how we were able to turn a negative, which was COVID, into um, pivot and be agile enough to, to, make, to, to absolutely start the online really, really speed up on that and it was tremendous for us. Yeah, and you're a really positive person, but it must have been hard enough to stay positive during COVID. It was, it was. But, and, and I suppose the worst day was the day that 
Barry, uh, um, one of my two sons, uh, had, you know, and myself and Fergal, and we were all there letting people go. But two weeks later, we were taking people people back again. Uh, and, uh, you know, there were chefs packing boxes. And, you know, so so we were, we, we really were very good at trying to get people back into the workplace. And there was jobs for them because the online took off like a train. Yeah, now um, uh, we'll be talking later in the programme to Simon Dwyer from 360, a company that went totally working from home a bit in the office and so on and so forth. He's moved into new offices uh, just this week, I think. But I'm sure when a lot of offices were deserted, there was a lot of plants in offices withered and maybe even died. But I was just looking at a plant in our office the other day and I went, what a nice thing. And I thought... What are the benefits, or are there benefits, or are they just nice oh, to look at, or what do you no, reckon, Rachel? They are absolutely, I, I I have such an appreciation and admiration for houseplants, and plants, all plants, but houseplants are oxygen machines, that's what I refer to them as. They are oxygen machines in the home and in the office. So give us a few and tips is, then for plants in an office, Rachel, you know, because um, some offices aren't uh, yeah. the brightest. They wouldn't have a lot of direct sunlight in many places. Yeah, yes. Well, well, there's a thing that peace lily is the common name or spatophyllum. It's it's a, a long, whippy plant with long, big, wide leaves and a lovely white lily on it. That's why it's called a peace lily. Now, that is used, that has for... For, for years has been used in NASA in the where the astronauts are in the in the offices there and and all over it as a real good air purifier wow and all of all of those plants uh, convert carbon dioxide that that we breathe out into oxygen that we need to live and they are oxygen machines they're doing that all all the time for us. And what kind and of volume of plants would somebody need? Like, do you need a load of plants or how do you kind of well, judge how many plants you need? Well, uh, look, whatever amount you can fit in and, and there is absolutely, it's, it's, a pro- it's proven, not scientifically, but it is proven and I've proved it myself, where you group plants together, if, even if it's in a fireplace, which is whereas I have, I have done, and they actually work better, they work better together. Mm. Now, and, and sorry, Rachel. If, even, even, even if you only have one or two plants in it, uh, this, they, the spatophyllum or the, the, the peacely, they can, they can convert, they can take out 87% toxins wow. out of the air within 24 hours. So just imagine that sort of uh, purifying the air. And that is, you know, in our own homes where we have throws and cushions and detergents and washing stuff and all that, and all the toxins from those, the plants are working for us on our behalf, purifying the air. So tell me um, this. Uh, We talked initially about, you know, Arboretum in Lachlan Bridge, surrounded by fields uh, on the banks of a a stream, um, all that lovely country greenness. But you've gone urban. Tell us about Arboretum Urban Green. It kind of ties into the whole thing of getting plants into places you might not necessarily expect them, I suppose, does it? Well, well, that's exactly what we've done. We we decided that Okay, there is another side to the M50 for all the Dublin dwellers, but they don't always get to places like Aboriginal Carl or Kilquaid or anywhere else. So we we have, we have brought Dub, we brought plants to Dublin, 
and we have uh, 14 square, 14,000 square feet of, wow. of a building over chapter sh- shop on Parnell Street. So when you come out of the ILAC Centre, you look across, bit to your right, and that's where we are. And we we only opened it last Thursday evening, and we are we're we're blown over by the response we've got from Fantastic. customers and customers coming over to me and seeing obviously that I'd be working 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 there and saying thank you for coming to Dublin and it's just amazing. Isn't it great to see some people going in when there's so much talk about businesses going out of city centres? You're establishing in Parnell Street. Yeah, yeah, and and we believe that you know we have we actually have no doubt and if we had before before last Friday morning when we were really open uh, we, we certainly haven't now with the volume of people going in into the store and just what, what a marriage books uh, coffee and plants Fantastic sounds like my ideal day well the books and the coffee anyway um, I like looking at the plants but <laughs> um, tell me this Rachel uh, you're going to give us a bit of an exclusive you've been working on a book quietly tell me more uh, yes, it's called I Have a Love Affair with Trees and uh, I've called it uh, I've called it Oh, cheapers, isn't that terrible? I've got I know, the, the first one you said I've had a love affair with trees sounds like a good uh, a good uh, title for a book to me, Rachel. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah but um, uh, anyway, it's, it's I, I, I'm I have got it's gone to the printers and I'm delighted and it's I suppose the re, you know the reason that I decided to write it was I, I am asked to speak at lots of things and to young people, young students, and and everything from accountants to bank managers and 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 all in between. And I suppose I wanted to tell young people in particular that if I succeeded uh, in in all those years ago uh, of setting up the arboretum as a young horticulturist, going back at twenty two to study horticulture when all my friends were getting married and having children. And I was going back to a residential college and everyone told me I was mad. So, uh, and um, and I succeeded. And then when I got married and Frank came into the business and we were a great partnership, the two of us. And I suppose the, the Arboretum has grown to a very successful business. Absolutely. The, the book. The book is my. It's called My Tree of Life. Isn't that terrible? My Tree of Life, <laughs> and it's um, it really is. Uh, I suppose how uh, how plants and trees have affected my life and the positive thing it has brought to me. And I'm a very happy person, and I think it's I contribute that to working with plants and. And nice people. Well, and that's, uh, amen to that. And Rachel, will you come back on when the book is published and give us an extended interview about uh, your take on life, your take on business, and and the parts that plants have played in in your life? I'd love to, John. Well, Rachel, pleasure talking to you and thanks for your positivity. Keep the faith and get ready for fame uh, with the publication of your new book next month. <laughs> Thank you very much, John. God bless. Thank uh, that's you. Rachel Doyle of the Arboretum uh, in Carlow and well beyond at this stage. Uh, you're listening to The Bottom Line. We're going to be back and we're going to be talking a really innovative new product being launched, uh, targeting people who are working in retail and in public-facing jobs, uh, produced by a local company but will be available all over the world. Don't go away. This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. 
It is indeed. It's just coming up to 25 minutes away from 7 o'clock. If you're watching the clock, coming up at 7 o'clock will be the Tierlawn Farm Programme. Now, I'm delighted to be joined in studio by the Managing Director of a company who are huge around here, but they're huge all over Ireland and in the UK and even further afield. Colin Hayes, who is Managing Director of Netwatch Ireland and the UK. You're very welcome to the bottom line, Colin. Yeah, thanks. John, yeah, you were just telling me before you came on air, you were you were earwigging out at reception and you heard me talking to Rachel. You've actually, you can give us the inside track. You were at the launch of Urban uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. What's it like? Oh, fabulous. Yeah, I have to say um, it was, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect when I went up, but what they've done with the space there is is fabulous. I have to say it's, uh, um, you know, I've been in Kilquaid and, and uh, in, in Carlo as well, in the Arboretum there many times. And uh, like this is, yeah, it's it's above, uh, it's basically on the fourth floor. Uh, there's a fabulous bookshop underneath it. And, uh, you know, so I say books and coffee and uh, uh, surrounded by, you know, fabulous plants as well. But isn't it so, great how from such small beginnings, the big thing can grow? And your own company, Netwatch, is much the same. It doesn't seem that long ago that David Walsh and a few of you were kind of getting the thing together and people were going like what you can monitor people's alarms from a place in Carlo you've had a fantastic um, growth uh, history and like network all over the world now yeah yeah it has been great and, and I'm lucky enough that I've been part of that journey f- you know from very early on uh, I joined Netwatch 20 years ago uh, and actually Rachel was one of our first customers gave us a great great break and uh, you know we enjoy a very good relationship with them and still. the local is a huge yeah, kind of yeah. thing isn't it you know connections and we are, people know each other and that's important in business yeah and uh, like a uh, huge positive I, I honestly don't think that Netwatch would be the success it is uh, you know if it wasn't for Carlo Carlo has played a huge part uh, in the Netwatch uh, story um, you know apart from having great customers you know like uh, Rachel and and uh, uh, the Arboretum. Uh, the, the, most of our team, you know, the majority of our team uh, live and work in, uh, in Carlo, bring up their families in Carlo. And what size uh, is that team now? Yeah, so 160 uh, people, John. Um, and yeah, I say the, the, the majority, although we've kind of engineers uh, throughout the, the, the whole country, uh, you know, the majority of the team are, are based out of Carlo. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, the, the, I say Carlo putting back into the community and that's why you know with Netwatch as you know we probably we sponsored the, the, the Carlo grounds we're involved in Carlo Rugby Club next week actually your first guest there uh, uh, Colin we have um, the uh, Garda Youth Awards next week for, for Carlo and Kilkenny as well and we sponsor that so we love getting involved like we, we honestly believe that strong communities make strong companies mm. um, so putting back in and you know when, when it comes to recruiting like the, the team in Netwatch are, are the key to the success that we have. So it's important that, you know, people in Carlo, you know, are, are proud to work in Netwatch. And so, so we do, we, 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 you know, we, we put back into the community because, uh, you know, it, 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 it pays tenfold to do so. Mm, and people will be very familiar with your your basic or basic is probably the wrong word, but your originating service, which was alarm monitoring, and somebody is climbing over a fence into a company, and you can actually interact with them immediately and tell them we're calling the guards get out of there. If that's not an inaccurate description, Spot on. Spot yeah. On, John, yeah. But um, I, you've launched a new service, and and I was actually quite um, uh, surprised at the level of 
crime experienced by people in uh, retail because RG Data did a survey and they found 95% of retailers have been victim of crime over the last 12 months so the other 5% must be hiding and having very few customers coming in because it seems to be rife. Yeah, yeah it is there's no doubt it's a, it's, it's a, it's a huge issue. And what um, kind of crime is it? Is it just petty theft, shoplifting? Well uh, like the the, the the, the, the new product we've launched is more to try and prevent uh, harassment. So we've always protected uh, retail properties, you know, and we still continue to do that. So the, the Netwatch staff safety solution, uh, it's a new security solution to make uh, uh, retail workers, public facing workers uh, feel safe and confident in their work environments. So people have CCTVs and they have panic buttons and all that, which yeah. are great after the thing is over. Exactly. So exactly. what way does this new yeah. product so, work? So, 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 so this solution enables Netwatch to look and listen live uh, at an incident and, and most importantly of all, to take action and intervene. Um, so so should the, the, the system be, be activated, and that's done through a, a panic button, uh, Netwatch is uh, immediately live to a site and it's a three-person response from Netwatch. So you have one person uh, looking at the, the incident live uh, you have one person linking in live with the Gardaí uh, and that's really important, feeding live information into the Gardaí and then you have a third Netwatch uh, intervention specialist they're linking in with the business owner and keeping them abreast of what's happening again with live information. So if you, ne- you have an extra pair of eyes on the on the situation. Yeah and and, and I suppose the, 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 one of the, the, the keys with this solution uh, is that we're, we're, we're able to listen uh, to what's happening in, in so if it's a shop we're able to listen and, and can you interact with the person then yeah, and tell them and like you can with your other services exactly so yeah. if 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 that's deemed the appropriate action by 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 one of the netwatch team we we we, we can do that so we can talk to a site as well as hearing what's happening in the site um, and I suppose the, 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 we, we will always, protocol will always be that we contact the Gardaí. Um, and as you know, the Gardaí are, are, you know, they're, 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 they're busy people. So the fact that we're feeding them live information, uh, like a lot of systems at the minute, um, the Gardaí don't, don't, don't know if they're responding to, you know, a false alarm, you know, a nuisance call or, or if it's a real event. Uh, and we'll be able to feed that information into them because we're looking at the incident. Like and of course, with the best will in the world, uh, it's going to take the Gardaí a couple of minutes to get to a place where this is kind of instant third party. So if you have one person in a shop and somebody comes in, you've got three people there on the shoulder yeah, pretty quick. And, and the comfort that gives the, the employee, you know, particularly lone workers, um, um, you know, because staff retention in a lot of retail environments is a problem now because people are, are afraid. Mm. Uh, and this solution uh, definitely helps that, aids that, because, um, you know, the retail worker knows if they press that button, uh, uh, help is immediately on its way. So you've just launched it. How's it going? Great. Yeah. So, and again, we, we tapped into, uh, uh, retail customers who have a long time relationship with and they trust us, you know, and they trust if we're, if we're bringing a new product to market that it works. And certainly that has been the feedback to us, you know. Yeah. And, so, uh, and how's business going in general for Netwatch? You, you're, you're talking about our, your Carlo links and your strong, you have good strong Kilkenny links, Mick Galway, uh, a man on your shoulder. <laughs> uh, you've yeah. been on the road with them recently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was out with Mick today, actually. Yeah. We're out visiting some customers, and uh, Mick, Mick has been with Netwatch for the past twelve years. He's uh, he's, he's been a great um, 
he's he's been a key player for Netwatch. He really has, excusing the pun. Um, and and actually, last week, did you do any interfirms rugby or anything? So, no. Yeah, no. He's he's uh, well. He gave up the Masters rugby a couple of years ago now, but he's still he's still active on the bike. And so, did he give you any sneak previews into how Leinster are going to uh, push uh, La Rochelle to the sword? So I'm sure he'd be a big Leinster he, fan he, now. He was, he was smiling last uh, uh, Monday anyway when we saw him after uh, Munster winning last weekend, and like he's still be friends with uh, Raj in, in La Rochelle. So uh, we'll see how we'll see how Saturday goes. But uh, but yeah. um, on a serious note, um, continuing to grow your products and grow your sales is very important. How's that, um, you know, your long time on the road now, well, not in the overall scheme of things, but the company is going, is there further growth left in the tin or do you have a huge amount of, this is a, is a, is a, sounds like a great product. Are you constantly looking for new avenues and so on? Yeah, no, absolutely, uh, John. Yeah. So, you know, even it kind of new products and new markets, that's what, you know, uh, we're all the time. Uh, and actually, our first sites came in from Australia last week, which is which is wonderful. The, the opportunity that exists for us out there uh, is super. Enterprise Ireland have been very supportive. Um, so, and also New Zealand. So, uh, one of our senior team is out there at the minute. Um, and the, the, our first site from New Zealand is coming in next week so like the visual monitor market is relatively new out there so uh, we've we've uh, a partner in both those countries um, so so yeah and and, and and of course you're also big in the states how's yeah. the stateside business I know you're largely UK and Ireland but how's the states going yeah uh, very well no so, shortage of crime so, out there no and we so we've uh, so the Netwatch group comp- comprises three companies we've Netwatch Ireland UK and we've two companies in the states Netwatch North America and NMC um, and our, our CEO is, is based in the States and, and uh, the, the, the business in, in both those companies you know, has never been better you know the last 18 months kind of coming out of COVID uh, you know, has been really strong and uh, yeah it's an exciting time for Netwatch and, and we're recruiting at the minute in you know, in, in like the, the, although we've two companies in the States the headquarters are still here in Carlow and we're very proud of that um, and with the additional sites uh, that are coming into us now you know we have a big recruitment drive on at the minute to, to grow the team here and we're hoping to move that 160 close to 200 before the year is out. Fantastic, uh, that's a yeah, great news yeah, story. Yeah, and uh, how's um, staffing? It must be um, a certain type of person required because you're on the scene of the crime a lot of the time. Yeah, no, very true. Like, we do invest a lot in the recruitment process, um, you know, to, to, so it's, it's, it's a rigorous process to make sure that the right people come on board and make sure that we're the right company for the, the people who, who are applying as well. So, like, staff retention is, is, is something we work really hard at. You know, when we get the right people on board, it's important that we try and keep them, you know, and, and we invest in that. And, um, yeah, I say we're, we're lucky and I think, you know, it, Carlo has has you know been I don't uh, keep saying about Carlo but it, it really has been a huge part of the success that we've had and and retaining staff people who are you know proud to work and be associated with Netwatch um you know and and yeah so so we're lucky in in many respects well Colin thanks a million for coming into the studio best of luck to you and everybody involved in uh, Netwatch on your new uh, product what's the uh, what's the name of the new product or you know staff you, safety solution staff, staff safety, safety solution, solution and yeah. uh, uh, hope it goes well for you but initially the feedback is 
very good and, and do keep us posted and thanks for joining thanks, us. Thanks, John. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was uh, Colin Hayes uh, of Netwatch, of course, and we're going to kind of keep it local. Um, I'm joined also in the studio by Simon O'Dwyer, who's Managing Director of 360. Spoke to Simon many times again, usually on the phone over the last couple of years. Uh, Simon, how's it going? Uh, it's going really good. John, yeah, welcome for, to our... Uh, well, of course, um, one of the things with uh, radio over the years is, over the last couple of years, oftentimes people find it hard to know whether people were in the studio or not because we advanced like everybody else and we're using Skype and WhatsApp and FaceTime and all this mm-hmm. different stuff. And it mirrors the experience of businesses. Interesting because we talked a number of times during the pandemic at times we were thinking offices were dead. Then there were times when we were like nearly going store crazy looking forward to getting back into the office because there were a couple of really long um, uh, stretches. How's your uh, quote-unquote journey in relation to your relationship with an office going? Yeah, our, our, our journey is probably very... Uh, might be a, might be a typical journey. I, I, I don't know, but I definitely went through a couple of different um, phases of... Uh, and, 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 and like we're a small business, we're a team of of, of eight. Um, where we obviously left that March in in 2020, and for maybe a year, it's, all those years kind of they kind of are a blur, they, they, aren't they? they yeah. blur. Might have been okay. two years. And that is one of the problems, I think. That is yeah, one of the yeah. problems from working from home full time. But anyway, uh, so we had like the glory period where you know everybody thought this was just the greatest Banana thing bread that ever and happened, walking the dog and, and you know it enriched all of our lives, I think, or enriched many of our lives. And then kind of that plateaued, and it just became normal. And and from my, my experience with my team is, I would say over the last six months it has actually become difficult for for us to work full-time at home. I think that's, you know, partially about kind of mental wellness, but also a bit like we were talking about there, about the years all just merging into each other, and suddenly it can just become kind of Groundhog Day, and time goes by, week goes by, days go by, week goes by, months go by, and what? like, and mm, what? And Particularly in a creative industry, because you're in a creative uh, business, and you need new ideas, and you need interaction, and all mm, that well, kind our, of good our stuff. Our business, like the, the classic battle in our business is creativity versus productivity, right? So are you doing, are you doing great things, or are you doing things like efficiently? And that's all always like a, a, a tussle right and um, when we went when we worked from home then we found on the productivity efficiency side we've just became like we're the great machines. team now we are machines we can just get through so much work so quickly you know uh, but that said it was like zero crack there was no enjoyment there was no fun to be having and with the creatives and, and I've managed creatives my whole life with creatives you need to foster that you have to nurture it so they need to feel you know they need to be in nice spaces you know they need to have uh, plants important like we were talking earlier on with Rachel yeah exactly that exactly and that's all part of how you get the most out of your creative team uh, and so we've come full circle now and uh, yeah and you've moved tell us about your new abode because I it, it, it spiked my interest when I saw a lovely mm-hmm. pick that you had in uh, on LinkedIn, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. So we, we had been looking. So like last six months, I, I, I'd started to realise that, you know, the full-time working from home wasn't going to be the future for 360. So I w- was out looking around. It's very difficult to find. When you're in the middle size, it's very difficult to mm. uh, find space in Kilkenny. You're not the and, first person I've heard saying mm, that. Yeah. An environment like a, a modern office box with a suspended ceiling and, you know, that just doesn't work for us from a from a, a space point of view. So we were looking and looking and looking, and then we um, happened upon an opportunity with uh, We Do Workspaces, which is formerly the Abbey Business Centre, and they have just like so, they've done such an amazing uh, renovation job up there. It's a really kind of bright, buzzy, creative space to be, and got the opportunity and hopped on it. 
and went, OK, yeah, this is definitely the best next step for a 360. Well, great. Look, we'll uh, talk some more about that after this break. You're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business. Just five seconds away from 10 to 7, the farm show brought to you by Tierlawn and presented by Matt O'Keefe up at 7. But do stay with us and we're going to talk more about the world of work with Simon O'Dwyer. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. This is KCLR. It is indeed, and I'm talking to uh, Simon O'Dwyer from 360. We've been discussing the uh, the uh, movement back towards an office hybrid working. Uh, Simon, you're in We Do Workspaces, which is a is a fetching name for what was formerly the Abbey Centre. You found it a good experience going into a kind of shared office environment. Yeah, we were. Um, yeah, we were looking for. You know, obviously the built the environment itself, the physical environment itself is good, but obviously, you know, we want to be in a kind of a nice neighborhood, a uh, nice community. And so it's really nice to actually be that, down that end of town, down par- at the end of Parliament Street where Tyrone is, you know, so that's quite a buzzy area now. Yeah, it's coming, it's, it's up and coming, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's really good, kind of a good vibe down there. Um, and then in, within We Do itself, then We Do has this kind of diverse mix of, of tenants. So there's a lot of creatives there already. Um, and be it in media, social media, media, interior design, um, jewellery, goldsmithing, and some other businesses. Uh, and yeah, it was just nice to be able to have that kind of sense of communi- community. Yeah, so we've talked about the space. You mentioned that other word, business. That's the, the most important aspect of the whole lot. How's mm. business going? And like, how's the, you know, we've talked about your journey in mm. the relationship with your space. How's the business journey going? Yeah, business is, is, is good. You know, like, so we're 23 years on the go this year, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's shocking how, how fast time <laughs> goes by. Shocking uh, revelation. So, you know, and, and actually, like, things like this, like the office move, are kind of very important when you're that, when you're that old in terms of business because you just need a little, you need injections of energy and pace into your business every, every now and again, just to yeah, give you yeah. that. So, yeah, things are good. I mean, obviously, we were on a, a very, we were on good growth curve before COVID. COVID was our, like, second, like, our second act in the, in the, in the play and terms of it was a step back it was a challenge for us to overcome and now we're just looking at kind of what our third act will be so we're quite uh, we're back in kind of growth aspiration mode again would look to build out the team build out our client base uh, thankfully, you know, we have a lot of experience working in, in both, across both sustainability and in food, food ingredients. And what are your core services and how do you see them changing? Because we hear a lot about stuff like AI and all the, uh, artificial intelligence and all that kind of stuff and the threat to the creative industries mm, mm. and so on. How do you see that? The challenge to our model is is that, you know, so first of all, we're, we're, we're a strategic creative design agency pretty much, okay? So we work with businesses to help them uh, bring products and messages just to market. Yeah. Nice and simple logos and websites and brochures and all that good stuff. Uh, and so where the model would change with AI is that there was a, 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 a lot of work or a reasonable amount of work in supporting clients around just administration and rollout of design. I feel a lot of that will become autom- automated in time and actually will be more focused on the higher end where the higher end value is, which is helping people guide their thinking and cre- doing creative that is emotionally engaging at a human level. Uh, so what so we'll do is we'll of just kind of back up. Yeah, more, more, yeah, exactly, exactly. That won't be e- as easily replicable. Yeah. You know? Well, Simon, it's a, it's a pleasure talking to you as always. Um, you know, if businesses want to find you, where can they find you? You mentioned, uh, we do workspaces. Where do people drop into offices anymore or do they reach <laughs> I don't out from? I don't, I don't know what <laughs> we would do. If, if you do drop it, there, if you do drop in and we all look shocked, that's a, like, <laughs> 
for, the first forgive visitor. us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let yeah. us let, let us come back into society slowly. Okay, uh, I would yeah, say grand. check out our like. He doesn't. Our, say, he doesn't look as bad <laughs> as that might sound. To some people. <laughs> uh, so uh, we are three sixty dot com uh, is our website, and uh, at we are three sixty um, would be all our socials. So. Great. Well, look, Simon. Look forward to having you back here in the real world in our offices uh, again before too long. That's uh, Simon O'Dwyer from three sixty. That's all we've got time for this week on the bottom line. Remember, if you've got any comments or ideas or you'd like to get to us, email the bottom line at caseylaura96fm.com or you'd like to listen back to this show or any episode of The Bottom Line, which has been going on for, it seems like, years and years at this stage. Just search The Bottom Line KCLR wherever you get your podcast. Thanks to all our guests this week on the programme, Colin Duggan, Rachel Doyle, Colin Hayes and Simon O'Dwyer. Thanks, as always, to Deirdre Drummy, who patiently produces the show every week. And thanks most of all to you for listening. We'll be back next Thursday, just after the news at six. In the meantime, enjoy the good weather. Support local business and enterprise where you can. Be good to each other. Keep yourself up to date with KCLR and keep the faith. This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell 